0: Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an Awakened Man. Here's your host, Gregory.
1: Hello everybody, this is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. We hope you're doing well today. Today we're going to talk about things that increase your life expectancy and we're really going to spend most of our time on one that you probably don't think about as much. Now, what are the obvious ones? Well, before we get to the obvious ones, why is it important to increase our life expectancy? Well, I don't, I don't think this is a shock unless you're a masochist or you have a death wish or you maybe have suicidal ideation, which is sad. And I would tell you to go definitely seek professional help. Most of us want to live a long life and have a good quality of life because it's one thing just to live a long life. But. I remember I used to volunteer at a nursing home about 10, 15 years ago. And it was amazing to see these people check in relatively strong in their cognitive skills and then six months later, because they just pop in front of a TV and just be vegetables essentially. And we don't want that. We don't want that for the last 20 years of our life to be that way. Now, some would say, okay, well, this is why we need euthanasia, right? I want to go and I want to go on my terms. Well, I don't agree with that. I think it's uh, respect of life from conception and natural death. But again, not everybody agrees with that. That is more of a Christian worldview that we don't have the right to take our own lives. That is not up to us. But either way, we mostly want to live a long time. So what do we do that impedes and stymies that ability? Well, I think a lot of times it's bad habits that we pick up as children and adolescents. We've talked about it here before and I think everybody here knows that drinking and smoking shorten your life expectancy. And why do most people drink and smoke? Well, let's look at both of them. Both of them typically emanated from picking up these bad habits when we were in adolescence, peer pressure. and. It gets to the point where you like the altered state that it puts you in, and you continue to do it. And you also, as an ancillary side effect, it helps you numb the pain. It takes you away from whatever stressors that you're having. So we continue to do it. Plus, you also see, born out in television and movies, how it's okay to do this behavior, to, to drink, smoke, to do recreational drugs, whatnot. But we know from all the studies that this shortens your life is basically. So why would Hollywood be pushing a lifestyle that is bad for your health? Well, that's Hollywood. Hollywood's motto is corrupting the youth since 1920. And really if Hollywood cared about you instead of caring about money and entertaining you via getting money from you by, by turning out content, that is, I would say most parents would not like their kids to watch then they wouldn't be promoting these things. I always talk about like Judd Apatow comedies, the R-rated comedies, right? Like the Seth Rogen movies and all these, right? They're promoting behavior that shortens your life expectancy. Why would they do that? Well, they don't care about you. They just want your dollar. And I look at it this way. Like I talk about Over Confessions of an Obese Child. Hell, being a fat nerd in many ways saved me because since I was a fat nerd. I was never invited to any parties in middle school and high school. And by the time I lost my way in college, I just hung out with people that didn't drink or smoke. And so when you don't pick up these vices in your most malleable period of your life, where you don't have a fully formed frontal cortex and you are more likely to make decisions that lack wisdom, once I was in my 20s, and I think some of this was imbued by living with a alcoholic father. By the time I was in my 20s, I was like, well, yeah, now I can drink, but why? Why? And a lot of people don't understand that mindset. There's a lot of people in my life. In fact, the majority of people I know in my life, aside from a couple of friends, are not abstemious. And I look at them and I and I, and I just... They they don't know. I mean, they know. Like, you could tell functional alcoholics and people who drink all the time that you know you're shortening your life expectancy every time you drink. And what, what do you think they're going to do? Oh, Gregory, you're right. I'm going to throw this beer away. No. It's so wired into them, this this habit, that no matter what you tell them, the large majority of them are not going to stop, even if their sibling and uncle father dies in a car accident or dies of cirrhosis at 55 most people are going to continue to do it. So you look at drinking and smoking five to seven years, depending on the studies, when they when they control other lifestyle choices. But I, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on that. So, I mean, we, we know. Clearly, if if you have a abuse of either prescription or recreational drugs, these you shorten your life expectancy as well. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on that given the fentanyl and Oxycontin, Vicodin problems that we're having in America as well. And of course, you know, the harder recreational drugs as well. I am not a big fan of the pot. I have an episode here about its links to severe mental health problems and so forth. So again, live a life where you are in control of your faculties. And yes, that can be a scary a scary life because you don't have anything that can necessarily check you out of a stressful situation like alcohol and booze or porn or gambling and all these things. And I would tell you to remove all these things. What else? What else would shorten your life expectancy? Being sedentary. We know that sitting is the new smoking. And the less you move around, the higher rate of obesity you're going to have. And <clears throat> the higher rate of obesity, excuse me, the higher rate of obesity, the more likely chance you're going to get the metabolic syndrome, which is type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol and hypertension. And these are all correlated to having a higher rate of cardiovascular problems and cancer to so going back to alcohol too. Alcohol increases your chances of getting cancer. If you don't believe me, go to the IARC, International Agency for the Research on Cancer, which is a branch of the WHO. And over at Naturopathic Earth, the website, we have a couple articles where I list them. I have a couple episodes here in the back catalog of The Awakened Man where I list class one carcinogens. And yes, alcohol is a class one carcinogen. Of course, smoking is as well. We don't want that. I mean, everybody knows that. But sitting not moving the body, not getting vitamin D because low vitamin D levels are connected to pretty much every disease, high comorbidity. We talked about during the the COVID crisis, how many of the people that died from COVID had low vitamin D levels. Vitamin D, most people are deficient of about 80% of Americans. The easiest way to get vitamin D, of course, is in the sunlight, especially right now in the summer. So get at least 15 minutes of full sunlight with no sunscreen and that will help as well. Keeping your stress down, we know that's exceedingly important. So if you live in a stressful life, a high strife life, or a job that causes a lot of strife, get a new job. Yes, it might be fun to be a lawyer, but if you're burning the candle on both ends every day, doesn't matter what's the point of having a lot of money if you're gonna die at 52 from a heart attack. But love of money is the root of all evil, as St. Paul says in 1 Timothy, and a lot of people are too connected to money. They can't, they can't let go of it. But the one I want to spend time on is being an atheist, because you can look this up. I'm not making it. Of course, you guys know I am religious. Being an atheist shortens your life expectancy, or I should, I should flip and reverse it. That being religious increases your life expectancy anywhere from eight to nine years, depending on what study that you look at. Why is that? Well, I think being an atheist, and I've never been an atheist, so I I don't want to comment on this. I don't want to comment on this because I'm not an atheist. But I think being an atheist, you are more likely to have a kind of nihilistic view of the world, right? We're just here, and then when we die, it's annihilation. That's it. And so in some ways, it's almost more natural to be kind of depressed and sad and have a pessimistic view of life because life is essentially what it is here, what it is now. We're all materialists. And then we're going to go away. So I think when you're religious, most religions, in particular, let's talk about Christianity because the majority of the West is at least culturally Christian, believe in an afterlife. They believe our soul is immaterial and eternal and this goes back to Aristotle and Plato believed in the in, in the eternal the eternal nature of the soul so I think if you believe that this mortal coil will come to an end and that there is an afterlife and some would say that there is this erroneous theology out there that everyone's going to heaven, that no one's going to hell. And even if you want to believe that because it makes you feel better even though Christ says the road to heaven is narrow and the road to hell is wide, but you know, Christ is lying, whatever. But either way, I think the idea of an afterlife and the idea that this is not all it is, there is more to, to us, I think brings hope and optimism, especially if you have a life that, think of the serfs of the Middle Ages or maybe you would just have a lot of personal problems or a lot of issues like that and you're just like well you know I can't wait eternity can't come any can't come sooner I can't wait and bring it on and i think also we know that religious people donate more money and we know religious people volunteer more and i think both of these have to do with what we say in the catholic world as works of mercy but I, we look at Matthew twenty-five, where Christ is separating the goat from the sheep, and the 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 goats who he's sending to hell ask, "Why are we going to hell?" And he says, "Well, you didn't feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, give clothes to the naked, and so forth, and and, and so forth." So it's you know it's it's work. So Christians read this; they read the the, the gospels, which are pretty pretty consistent even in revelation revelation the last uh, the penultimate chapter Christ opens the book of life and judges people based on their deeds so i think christians are imbued whether you're protestant catholic orthodox whatever that works are important that you're more likely to do good works and volunteer and and tithe god loves a generous giver as paul mentions in second corinthians and you can believe in the prosperity gospel and, and, and even in that. I think just Christians are just more likely to give more money for these reasons because they come from a mindset or a rubric that tells them that doing works is good. Now, now works don't get you into heaven. But works are uh, an extension of your love for God, is that you want to do works. So I think that helps as well, is that you are less focused on you and more focused on your fellow man that's not to say of course Christians are not egotists and there aren't bad Christians there's loads of bad Christians there's loads of loads of bad Christians in hell but I think we just have more of a guidebook or a map that helps us do these things and I just truly really think that being religious also especially in the Orthodox and Catholic world we have a term called redemptive suffering so all people will suffer. You're going to have people in your life that die. Your body's going to deteriorate. Think of the, the book of Job, for example. He loses his kids. He loses all of his belongings. He loses his health. Of course, Job is a metaphor. Job, did, the person, didn't exist. But it's a story that I think is, is very important, especially if you're you're suffering, because eventually we're all going to suffer. Our body's going to break down. We're going to die from our last disease or die from some freak accident. And how do we come to terms with the bad things that happen in life and as an atheist I'm assuming that you really don't have the tools because it's just like well this is you know the mortal coil right this is this is the way life is you got the the fates in greek mythology with the athos clothos atropos I forgot their name atropos one of them determines how long the string is and then the last one cuts the string and now the string's been cut and this is just the way life is it's a short brutal life I think john Stuart mill said that Life is a short, brutal life. Maybe it was Rousseau. I don't remember. And I think with, with religion, religion gives us an opportunity to offer up that suffering to get closer to the suffering that Jesus did on the cross for our sins. And it brings us closer in to Him. And also we know that we can offer our sufferings to help those who need it. And we won't go too steeped into ancient Christian doctrines. Uh, but I just think that that's probably a reason why religious people have a longer life expectancy, and maybe religious people kind of look at what's mentioned in First Corinthians that talks about your your body is a temple of God. Don't soil it by seeing prostitutes, or don't you, you are a, you are a steward of your body. And I think that this is how we all should view our body. Like we, we shouldn't let our bodies go. Our bodies are not who we are. We're not Manichianists. You know, we're not. We don't believe in a duality. Or our bodies are bad and our souls are good, and we need to, to get rid of our bodies as soon as possible. We we don't believe in this, but we we are stewards of our bodies. We didn't create ourselves, so our job is to take care of it the best that we can for as long as we can. And I think part of that is, yes, eating well, not having an overattachment to the temptations. You think of of what one of the things the devil does is like all the, the good and pleasurable things in life come from God. Food, the marital act, whatever, drinking tea. And then the devil corrupts it by making us have an over-attachment to these things. Over-drinking, gluttony, and whatnot. So we want to have a balanced view with food and with drink and with these, these things. And we want to exercise or just take care of our health because we didn't create our body. It's on loan and we have to return it, I would say, in the best condition. I would say this also goes to excessive tattooing and excessive piercing in these things as well. We don't have a right to do this to our bodies, but this is a conservative mindset. And a lot of people just don't agree. A lot of people think, well, this is my body. I only live once. And so I'm going to self-express by doing all these things. In closing, guys, look, it's like weight loss. We, We all know how to lose weight or to not get overweight. It's just a question of implementing it. And it's the same thing with things that shorten our life expectancy. We know that a sedentary lifestyle, a lifestyle that that embraces a lot of alcohol and drugs, and a lifestyle that doesn't have us lowering our stress and getting proper sleep will affect us. So it's, it's just a question of the cognitive dissonance that many of us have. That's it's like, we know these things, yet we continue to stay up late and watch Netflix till two in the morning. We continue to drink the beer, and as Christ told Peter, the, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak many times. I mean, especially with addictions, born alcohol, whatever. It's like, we know these things are bad for us, but we keep going back. We keep going back. And there's maybe maybe an earnest attempt to stop with some men. And with other men, they're like, no, I'm going to do this. That I don't care. Well, okay. That's fine. But just, there's always going to be repercussions to your actions, whether in this life or the next. And in this life, one of them is, yes, if you have an unregulated concupiscent appetite to drugs and alcohol and bad eating this will get you sick earlier so if you're in your 50s and 60s can't get mad at god if you end up getting diagnosed with pancreatic cancer it was your choice it was your lifestyle choices that made you choose that you continue to make those choices and that's on you so don't get mad at god But also God allows bad things to happen for a greater purpose many times. And we don't always see it. If you think about maybe some suffering you had five years ago, typically ten years down the road, that suffering gave you wisdom, that suffering gave you perspective. Many times that suffering brings you closer to, to God or brings people into your life that are better. But we don't understand the will of God. And that's why I always love what the Virgin Mary says when she finds out that she's going to have Jesus, this is in Luke, 2, Luke two, Luke three. She says, "I'm the servant of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to Thy word." Right? We don't know what the future holds, and so it's just best to be submissive to God's will and to be humble and to offer suffering up to God because we will all suffer. But I do think it is an onus on us, and we are expected to curate and to safeguard our body the best we can. So I would tell all of you, quotes, stay away from things that corrupt the flesh and corrupt the mind and corrupt the spirit. Guys, if you haven't done so already, please, rate and review The Awakened Man. I think we are the one of the most rated red pill channels out there. Also, if you haven't done so already, check out The Cinema Rag, which is my movie podcast. You can find that on Apple and Spotify, as well as Confessions of an Obese Child and the Female Holistic Health Apothecary. They're all four of my... Feeds, and lastly, there's a link for PayPal and the episode notes, and ones All these things. But it's just the best thing
0: about. Nice you. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needham. Until next time.